And welcome back to another episode of Watch Once Never Again, the podcast where we watch disturbing movies so you don't have to. I'm Mary Beth. I'm Dax. I made that sound really, really positive and exciting. (laughs) We watch movies so you don't have to. Like it's an infomercial. We traumatize ourselves, but but make it fashion. Fashion. (laughs) Make it fashion. Trauma, but make it fashion. Um, Okay. So, we are continuing our one-offs. Dax, what movie are we talking about today? We are talking about um, the 2003... 2011. The book was 2003. <laughs> it's like, where'd you get 2003 then, Dax? I know things. It's just like, you know, like, so knowledgeable. Um, the 2011 uh, film, We Need to Talk About Kevin, directed by Lynn Ramsey of you were never really here fame i need to watch that it's really beautiful so i love lynn ramsey i need to see rat catcher and morvan collar i think are her other two but um you were never really here is beautiful uh again like we need to talk about kevin it's really depressing and like really intense but she's an amazing filmmaker like yeah i love this Oh, and I forgot that she's potentially making an eco-horror movie, <laughs> which I am Ooh. very excited for if that happens. I love but, that um, trend. Um, but so, okay, Dax, can you let us know what we need to talk about Kevin is about? Yeah, so we're going to do this new thing, new to us anyway, where we actually <laughs> read the plot because it turns out not everybody wants to watch these movies or has seen them. Huh. Um, Shocking. Who- would have guessed um (laughs) definitely not me um yeah so the plot according to wikipedia because i'm not fucking writing all that (laughs) (laughs) it says teenager kevin catch dorian which first of all what a name um what a name (laughs) let me just stop three words in (laughs) um Teenager Kevin Cachadorian is in prison after committing a mass murder at his high school. Spoiler alert. His mother, Eva, once a successful travel writer, lives alone in a rundown house and works in a travel agency near the prison where she visits Kevin. She looks back at her memories of him growing up as she tries to cope with the hostility of her neighbors. Eva, a reluctant mother... That's one way to put it. That is uh, an under- <laughs> understatement of the goddamn century. Yeah. Um, Eva, a reluctant mother, views Kevin as detached and difficult from childhood, appearing to loathe and deliberately antagonize Eva, and she has trouble bonding with him, instead often yelling at him and insulting his intelligence. That's a really long sentence. Um as a baby, he cries incessantly, but only around her. As a child, he resists toilet training, rebuffs Eva's attempts at affection, and shows no interest in anything. He behaves like a happy, loving son when his father, Franklin, is watching. Eva's frustration drives her to throw Kevin against the wall, breaking his arm. I'm not laughing. I just, I'm, I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because this movie is so incredibly fucked up that I can't help but laugh at some of the shit that happens in this. Yeah, movie. you just have to like exclaim. It's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> she breaks his arm. Then Kevin tells Franklin that he fell, using the incident to manipulate Eva into doing what he wants. 
Franklin dismisses Eva's concerns and makes excuses for Kevin's behavior. When Kevin is confined to bed with a fever, Eva reads him Robin Hood. When Robin competes in Prince John's archery contest, Kevin shows Eva affection for the first time. Franklin gives him a bow and arrow and teaches him archery. Actually, he gives him a crossbow. Actually, no. No, I think it's a bow and arrow. I don't think he has a crossbow. He eventually gets a crossbow. Yes. Yes. Maybe I shouldn't mansplain this fucking plot. Anyway, <laughs> um, Eva, <laughs> uh, I hate myself so much. Eva and Franklin have a second child, Celia, who is lively and cheerful. However, Kevin is disdainful and jealous. A few years later, Celia is blinded in one eye by caustic cleaning, fu- cleaning fluid, and her pet guinea pig mysteriously goes missing. Goes missing? Mm-hmm. And they find him. In the goddamn garbage disposal. I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> Only missing. Eva does, though. I know. Only Eva finds him and I... never tells anyone. I know. But Kevin knows we'll, that she knows. We'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> um, Eva suspects Kevin is to blame, but Franklin defends him. Eva's suspicion strains the couple's marriage, and they discuss divorce, which Kevin overhears. Eva comes to fear her son as she grow- as she sees growing evidence of Kevin's sadism. Three days before his 16th birthday, Kevin locks several students uh, in the school gymnasium and murders them with his bow. When Eva arrives home, she finds Kevin has murdered Franklin and Celia. On the second anniversary of the massacre, Eva visits Kevin in prison. Eva asks him why he committed the murders. Kevin, who is about to be transferred to adult prison... Uh, responds that he used to think he knew but is no longer sure. Eva hugs Kevin and walks uh, walks away sadly. And that's it. That's it! And you know what? I just realized I think in the movie he doesn't get a crossbow, but I think in the book that he does. Okay. Okay. Cause cause I, was say, is, I don't remember yeah. a cr- I don't remember a crossbow, but again. Yeah, I think I mixed those up in my brain. It is based on a 2003, see, that was the right date for something, novel by Lionel Shriver. And the book is really good. You've read this, so you've read the book. Yes, I did. And it's somehow, like, darker. Yeah, it's like um, a little, it almost seems more mean-spirited, but um, it's got, like, a really weird, dark comedic humor to it. Okay. I love it. It's really good. Okay. I want to start it off with a question. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Kevin did the massacre, t- did the massacre, committed this atrocious massacre because of his mother? Discuss. <laughs> um, I don't. No. Okay. I don't think he does. I think he does it because of his father. Oh, okay. Okay. Tell me more. Tell me more. Well, let me also just point out that in the movie, it seems like he randomly kills people. Um, But in the book, it's very specific. He picks, I think it's nine specific students. Okay. Based on certain, like, criteria in his own mind. Oh, okay. Because in the movie, it's really mostly from the mother's perspective, Eva, who's Mm -hmm. played by Tilda Swinton. It told from her perspective um, and kind of her reflection on how her own experiences with motherhood and being a mother or have like her linked potentially to her child's 
violence. And in both versions, it's pretty much through letters to Franklin. Okay, and Franklin is her husband who's played by John C. Riley in the movie. Just sure is. F- fascinating. Yeah. Um to answer your question though, I I don't think he does it because of his mom. I think he does it because of his dad. I think he doesn't like the idea that his dad is like controlling the narrative at that point like when they discuss divorce because uh eva doesn't want the divorce and in fact i think it's in the book she said she says that she never even considered divorce um but Mm. franklin wants divorce and that is when when you see kevin overhear that it seems like that's when the flip uh the switch flips in his brain and he's like well now I have to take over again. Do I got to do everything? <laughs> well, okay. That's interesting because I the the whole movie is just like a very disturbing look at this very fucked up relationship um, between a mother and her child. And she does not want to have this baby like at all. She is. Mm-hmm. She gets pregnant. She's resentful. She doesn't want to show her pregnant stomach. She is like, I have to give up my entire like life of traveling and being wild. And it feels like she almost passes on this kind of hatred to him a little bit, though. And like that's kind of how I viewed part of the movie is like, can a child inherit your hatred? Can he smell her fear, basically? I don't know. Like It feels like there's some weird connection between the two of them that's more than just like fear but also something passed on from her to him if that makes any sense it does and and sometimes it even is almost like a sexual like tension between them which is played up i think a bit more in the book um but there are moments in both where you know eva even like says like i feel like i'm married to kevin i think like, yeah well there's a, like the scene that a lot of people talk about take out of context when she walks in on kevin played by ezra miller masturbating in the bathroom and he and like she opens the door and they just lock eyes and he smiles and it's like a very very deeply uncomfortable mm. moment that it, i've seen a lot on tumblr like on tumblr and twitter and people kind of like laugh at it but it is like a it's a really fucked up moment that's kind of like integral to just exploring this very, very strange, almost codependent relationship they have with each other that has a very dark side Mm. to it. There's like a whole thing in the book about how he just won't stop masturbating, like extremely loudly and like for everyone to hear. And he does it like when he knows that she's around, um, kind of as a way to make her uncomfortable it's almost like it's kind of like he's like sexually harassing his mother um and they do like she sees him i feel like more than once in the book um and he doesn't care it's kind of like how it is in the movie um yeah that's (laughs) that's such an uncomfortable scene um yeah this is a very fascinating movie about motherhood that I think, and I'm so glad Lynn Ramsey made this movie because I think, you know, there's this, mm-hmm. there is a focus, especially in horror. This, I, I would consider this a horror movie of a different kind. Like, I think there's an argument to be made here that this is like about the horrors of reality and like being a mother. But 
you know, horror movies are so often like the monstrous mother, the bad mother, like she did this and she's like either really terrible or she's just like the helpless person on the side. But this is a really fascinating look at someone who doesn't want to be a mother and you you both feel kind of disgusted by her actions and also empathize with her because I feel like this is one of the more realistic portrayals I've seen of like the negative, like negative aspects of motherhood and how just because you have a hard time with your child doesn't mean you hate them or like you still love them in a fucked up way. And I think this is such an interesting telling of that one because Franklin, the dad is like, takes that kind of motherhood role, like that, that stereotypical mother role of being like the, everything's great guys. Like, yay, kids, like, woohoo, everything's Mm -hmm. family. We love family. And then there's the mother who is like, I've, everything is ruined. (laughs) I don't have the life I want. I don't get to live in the city. My kid is a nightmare. My kid has ruined everything basically. And it taps into that reality of people who think that about their kids. And like, I don't have children. I don't want children. But I think there is an honesty here that is really hard to, to face. But I think there is something important about looking at motherhood when someone perhaps regrets becoming a mother. I know that's terrible to say out loud, but like, I think it's important. I don't think it's terrible because I think uh, a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. And they just don't say it. I mean, I've, I know a few people who have straight up told me like, I love my kids and they're the best thing in my life. But if I could go back in time, would I have kids? I might've thought about it longer. Like, you know, I don't have kids or want kids. Um, I don't like have this weird like hatred for them. I just kind of feel indifferent. Like, yeah. Cool, I, I mean, like I like being the cool <laughs> aunt um, and the cool cousin, but like I have a relative who legit told people when we said congratulations on her fifth pregnancy, she said, oh, we all know that no one wants this baby. Like to everybody. Oh my God. But see, <laughs> like that's like... <laughs> That's it's almost more realistic. Like in in a lot of ways, this movie is um, really out there. Like, um, I don't imagine most people are like, you know, telling their kids like, "When I see you, I always wish I was in another country" or whatever Eva says. You know that part where she's like talking yeah. to Kevin when he's a baby, and Franklin like walks in and hears her telling. Kevin that uh, she she doesn't want to be a mom and wishes she was in France. I think that's what it is. Um, I don't imagine most people are doing that, but I do think that a lot of parents, mothers and fathers or whatever, um, you know, have regrets or wish they waited or, yeah, you know. And no one likes to talk about it. Cause it's it is, and it's ugly because I feel like, you know, having... Having children is supposed to be such a, like such a beautiful thing and like a beautiful time. And I think there needs to be more of this reality of like, hey, you're allowed to like not always like your kids. Like, <laughs> it's not like you hate them, but like you're well, allowed to not like your thing. kids yeah. sometimes. And like you're allowed to voice your frustrations about motherhood or parenthood or whatever. Like, I think there's this such a taboo about being like, you have to love your kids unconditionally. But I'm like, I was, I mean, like, kids suck. <laughs> like, I don't know. And I, especially in this very extreme case where 
Kevin, there is something very wrong with Kevin and Kevin has this, like extreme sadism that is very much targeted at his mother. And he is very like clearly a master manipulator from like a very early age. Like there's scenes where they're playing with the ball and she's mm. like, roll the ball back, Kevin. And he just stares at her and doesn't roll it back. And it's just like the, the child acting in this movie with some of these little kids is, is chilling the way that they can have these kids seem so evil. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I love that he always like, he'll eventually do it just to show that he's not stupid and knows how to do it. He like they take him to the doctor and like, I think he has hearing problems. And they're like, no, <laughs> he doesn't. Like, he's just like, he's just ignoring you. That happened with my dog. <laughs> yeah. Thought we was... thought he, yeah. I, I thought he was going deaf and I took him to the vet and the vet was like, Oh, he can hear and you. That'll be he's $500. please. <laughs> Pretty much. But yeah, that's like one of the things I really appreciated is a hard word for this movie, but I think that honesty about motherhood. Um, again, this is. Yeah, because it's not always like sunshine right. and, and like, like, rainbows. This movie isn't just about her as a mother, but it's about watching a free spirit crumble. Like it is so devastating because the film mm-hmm. begins. She's got like this long hair and a brain. She's at the. um the tomato festival in Spain where everyone like has the big tomato fight in the streets. And it's just like, she's by herself. She's free. And then these visual motifs throughout the film, I think that were especially reflected in her hair, like her haircuts show this kind of transition, these transitions yeah. she's going through in her life where she is no, like she's slowly losing control and slowly, no longer that person that she wanted to be. She no longer gets to travel the world all the time and write these books and she is being extinguished and she's crumbling. And it's like, you know, when she's at home by herself in her new life, it's this tiny house where all she does is eat eggs and drinks wine and falls asleep on the couch. And it's, it's such a depression. Literally her depression meals are like, yep, we've all been there. You eat like a plate of scrambled eggs, if that, and like (laughs) go to bed. Um, But it's, it's devastating to see the light in someone who obviously was very bright because like this whole film is told through flashbacks and there are these beautiful flashbacks of her with her husband when they were first together and like running in the streets, bare feet in the rain and just like having so much fun and being so alive. And then, children causing that light to go out which again no one wants to talk about but like i think it's important to realize that not everyone wants to be a mother and not everyone is going to be like motherhood isn't going to make you like this beautiful glowing instagram influencer like it's but you know you know what i mean like people are like yeah. oh, i was meant to be a mother which is good good for you like hey if that's what you want like good for fucking you great but like not everyone wants that and i think this is partially i know it's based on the book but it feels like partially a response to that as well of being like well not everyone wants to be a mom and not everyone is going to be the perfect mom so like what happens when that person doesn't want to be that mom yeah and it's like she was kind of coerced into it in a way um i i appreciate that about the movie too is it's like like I was saying, it's parenthood generally is not all like sunshine and rainbows, but specifically motherhood. I think that, you know, it's more taboo to talk about how mothers get frustrated with their kids or maybe don't like their kids for a little while if they're being shitty or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, and it's something that this movie like really focuses on is like how isolating that can be when it's like 
you feel like you can't talk to anybody about that because it's not only that people don't want to hear that and it's uncomfortable for other people to hear that, but also, like, everybody tells you that you're making it up and uh, they don't believe you. Like, she tries to talk about Franklin so often uh, or talk to Franklin about Kevin, like, so often and Franklin's just not trying to hear it. He's like... I don't see what you're talking about. He seems like a perfectly normal, like, lively boy. And Eva's like, yeah, when you're here. But this is the first time he's not screaming all day. That's abnormal. And he's like, no, when, oh, and that's like, what, like, when he says, I mean? oh, you just got to rock him back and forth a little bit, like mansplaining how to be a parent to her. Yeah, like, oh, I didn't think no, about rocking exactly. like, fucking gotta baby. No, exactly. Like, you just got to rock it back and forth a little bit. And she's like, the look in her eyes is like, I'm going to commit a murder. Well, yeah, and and I think that, um, I was going to save this for later, but this movie and the book both make me hate Franklin, like, the most. And I don't, I think that we're supposed to feel that way, but I don't think most people probably do. He is if just absolutely so frustrating. He is the most frustrating character in this movie because he's so... Mm. He is both... I, I, I know he said he's kind of like kind of the inversion of like the stereotypical mom was like, everything's great. But he also very much embodies that dad who isn't around. Who's like, look at my family. Everything's awesome. And the mom is like, but you're never fucking here. Like you have no idea what's going on at yeah. home. And the kid acts differently around you. And like that is infuriating. And... Yeah, and now you've isolated us both because you bought a house without telling me, even though I want to live in the city, you want to live in the suburbs and live out your, like, suburban, like, dad fantasy. And now we're, like, stuck out here, me and Kevin, alone. And, uh, I Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he forced her to move there. He did not... In fact, when he did consult with her about moving, she said that she wants to stay in the city. And then he just yeah. fucked off and bought a house. And now well, suddenly they're in the city. No, but it's Sorry true. But then like, he also kind of yeah. he coerces her into having the baby because she's like, I'm pregnant. He's like, oh, my God, yay. She's mm -hmm. like, no, 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 no. But it's like he's almost using her as a vessel for his fantasies. And like he projects his fantasies onto his family and like his his son, his daughter, like he projects onto them something that he wants. He refuses. He's delusional. He's looking at everything through rose colored glasses, which now that I'm ta like, talking about it, I can see why Kevin was like time to go, which is <laughs> because he's like, you're like, he just, his dad yeah. just sees everything from a very specific point of view and refuses. Like he's unrelenting in that point of view. So like it's delusionally so. And like, I okay we're gonna can I get serious on the pod can I get like intense on the pod sure I wish you would my stepdad is like that um in a, in a way like very much like everything is great everything is happy everything is good because he was a stepdad who and I love him he is still my stepdad and I love him but like he would work crazy hours my mom was a stay-at-home mom he would come home and be like everyone yay presents like everything's good and my mom and my stepbrother fought all the time and so when she would say like, oh, stepbrother did this, my stepdad would say, oh, no, he didn't. He's not like that. And there would all be all this fighting about the, this very similar thing in terms of like my, my brother acting one way around my mom and one way around my stepdad. And it being this like very intense tension between what's going on and what he thinks is going on. 
And it's very weird to be a part of that as a kid. And then watching this movie, obviously this is a very extreme representation of that, but I was like, ooh, like I kind of identify with this movie in a very painful way. Um, just because there was that dynamic in my household and it's very strange and it's just very bizarre, especially when you're a kid and kind of watching from the sidelines, it's, uh, a lot. Not that my stepbrother is going to commit a homicide. Please don't think that my brother is actually a very cool person. (laughs) Look, I wanted to make the joke. I didn't make the joke because I wasn't sure how that was going to (laughs) go. No, he's, he's, I mean, like, you know, families have a lot of problems, but he has a lot of issues and my mom stepped in as his mom. Um, well, his, I hope it is, it it was like the situation was so complicated and hard and like, it was much more complex than this one in the movie. And it's much more obviously like nuanced and stuff, but it it was, I, I saw a lot of my family dynamic in this in terms of like. The dad wanting to think everything is fine when the mom is like, I'm exhausted. What the fuck is going on? Like, I'm alone and have, and I feel like I'm a crazy person because no one else is seeing what I'm seeing. So, but then it was like, I saw what you're seeing. So that was a very weird position to be put into. You're like, yeah. Oh. yeah. Again, it's like, it is so it's very isolating. isolating. And no one believes you. And, it's, and they double don't believe you because you're the mother. And they just expect that you're going to have this, like, it's not even about unconditional love because clearly Eva yeah. does have uncon- unconditional yes. love for Kevin. Um, for instance, staying near him when she doesn't fucking have to. Like, she visits him in prison when he doesn't deserve no. it. And it seems like she has, like, a spare room set up for him for when he gets out of prison. Well, so I want to talk about that, actually. So how do we how do you feel about that? Like this? It seems like she has this hatred, but also love for him and stays near him. Like how like how do you what did you think of that in watching the movie? I it almost feels like they both come to respect each other Mm -hmm. at the end. Like um, they come around probably because, you know, the whole movie she's talking about how Kevin has this Mm -hmm. like weird facade. But what she's not realizing is she also mm-hmm. has a weird facade. Like she's um, a very unlikable yes. person. Like she's really cruel. And, and Kevin even tells her like, you can be really harsh sometimes. For instance, she's really fat phobic, even more so somehow in the book. Um, it's more of a running thing. Good God. You know, she, yeah, she has that whole little monologue about fat people in the United States and how she doesn't want to hear that it's like a hormonal issue or uh, whatever. It's just that they're lazy mm-hmm. and overeat. Um, like, I'm not no. supposed to like this character. You know? Um, but at the end, it's almost like when when I think Kevin gains a respect for her because he strips her of all of her attachments, which is a whole thing in the movie. Like he um, doesn't want to be attached to anything, even to like his toy gun when he's a kid. He's like almost glad mm-hmm. when she breaks it because he loves it so much. He doesn't want to like love or be attached to anything. I think that he gains some sort of respect for her when she loses all her attachments and is broken down to like 
her um, most yeah. basic self. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I think that, like, in a similar way, she gains a respect for him um, because she can almost, like, see through his bullshit and see that he is just a scared kid and he's finally coming around to, like, acknowledging it. Like, he's getting ready to be moved Mm -hmm. to adult prison and instead of being how he is throughout the rest of the movie where he's, like, cocky and, like, um, thinks he knows everything and, like, super, you know, smart in, like, some way, like, pseudo-intellectual almost, um, it looks like he finally, he's finally, like, having emotions where he does look scared. Yeah. And worried and... Um, he offer he like gives her Celia. So, so he blinds mm-hmm. Celia, yes, like his little sister, and takes her. But when he murders her, he takes her eye, her her face. Oh eye. yeah, shit! I totally. Um, yeah, <sighs> as as like a trophy. So towards the end of the movie, when it almost seems like they're coming to have like a mutual respect, he actually gives the eye in a box um, to his mother and tells her to like bury it, I think. Um, I, I actually wanted to talk about something um, okay. that you brought up, which was Franklin's optimism. And if you think I of will. a question, please just interrupt me. So something that's... Uh, something that um i really pick up on again more so in the book but i wish that it was touched on more in the movie um is like the political commentary uh of how um eva and franklin represent like the america oh yeah so um and it's a little bit hinted at, like, I, I know in, the, like, when Kevin, you see, like, snippets of him, you don't see him actually killing anyone. Like, you do not see any of the teenagers mm-hmm. getting murdered, but you see him, like, shooting the arrows. Yeah. You know? Um, the, the arrows, they're, like, mm-hmm. red, white, and blue. And he purposely chooses the arrow, like the bow and arrow method of murder because he doesn't want the gun control debate to come up. Oh, Uh, that's... Yeah. He wants... I mean, it just so happens to be that he's really good at archery. Oh, interesting. But yeah, it is like purposely to avoid the whole gun control debate. I Um, thought of that totally differently. But like... Well, what? How, so how I, I didn't it? even think about gun control. That's <laughs> terrible. Um, but I thought of, so. Like I, when there was the moment of her reading Robin Hood to him, and they were finally having this like very, like the first tender moment where she's cuddling up with him, and then her dad walks in and he tells him to go away, and it's like this weirdly impressionable moment where like they bond, and somehow how they bond becomes his weapon of choice like i know his dad buys him the bow and arrow probably after hearing him read that but it's just i had this whole thing about like affection and love being 
like turned into violence and that's why he did the bow and arrow like very convoluted probably way more complicated than it was meant to be but i just had this whole thought about like strange emotional mental connections to it yeah i I don't think that it's i think you can see it both ways really oh interesting cool yeah but if you think about it like eva represents like the worldly like liberal Mm, who's like above mm -hmm. it all kind of that's how she acts and then franklin is and sorry to say it but more (laughs) so in the book he's super oh he is he's very republican and it's a point of contention with them because she's not she's a democrat and um she's like writing to him during the um bush gore election oh boy okay yeah um so when you kind of like break it down um in a way he rep the reason he's so optimistic is because america is so optimistic even when we shouldn't be it's always like you know we're america like i'm i'm i hate to fucking bring it up but like the pandemic even right like at the beginning of covid i'm pretty sure most people were like yeah but we're in the united states like it's not gonna like be that bad over here like i've talked to many people who thought that i did too had i did too like in a similar vein of like my someone brought yeah. it up at work when it was just starting. I was like, oh, it'll be fine. It won't come here. I dumb bitch behavior. It did come here. <laughs> yeah, I think we all did that. And it's like, why? When you think about it, it's like, why did we all think that? It's because we're like part of being an American is being told like you can be whatever you want to be. There's no limits. If you work hard, you can do it. Um, we we have like a great system. We we have it all figured out. We're it's never gonna be terrible here, and it fucking was. It's all a it's fucking all like... <laughs> like depending on who you are, yeah. If you work really hard and get a small loan of a million dollars, sure you can be whatever you want to be and do whatever you want to do. Um, that's not necessarily true, and we all know that now. Um. But you know what I mean? It's like, uh, you like, you know, guns don't kill people. People kill yeah. people. You know, and I love the line um, where I, I think it's when um, Kevin Kevin is like using his squirt gun when he's a kid to like antagonize <laughs> Eva. Um, and he fucking ruins her like wall. Of, I like, almost maps. cried. well and it's so sad because well one fuck kids um for that but also it's like he (laughs) it's so purposefully ruining what makes her happy like that was going to be her happy place it was going to be her refuge Mm -hmm. and then he absolutely wrecks it but then it like i feel like it's like years later she's still in that room and the the paint's still on the maps like she hasn't fixed it like it's still the same room with all of that damage and so it's like, does she refuse to get new maps? Like, it's weird. It's just this really weird psychic link with the two of them that is so. Yeah. Does she say why? I think she said, I, I'm pretty sure um, she 
uses it as like evidence oh, that she's not yeah. crazy and that Kevin is really um, but God, malicious. Because she tells him why all yeah. the are in the room and why the room looks how it does, why she likes it so much. And then when she leaves for a second to answer the phone, that's when he... Like, imagine him. imagine that's being like that dedicated to proving your child's issues by just sitting in a room. Like, that is just, like, a room of hatred. <laughs> like, I feel like if you... Yeah. I mean, imagine right? needing to do that because oh everyone God. makes you feel crazy. I mean, I've had yeah. to do stuff like that. Like, I went through a relationship it was like very turbulent towards the end and um i started to feel like i was going insane and like i had to i actually ended up making like an online journal that like no one could find because things would happen and i would be told that's not how they happened or whatever you know so like as soon as an incident would happen i would document it so that i could go back like if it was brought up again and i'd be like no that is what happened you know? I've... So I kind of understand, like, I mean, I think yeah. anyone can I did something similar, it. too, with an abusive relationship, because I just, that just, like, came up in my head, of Blaine, like, is this real? Like, what is real? It's like you're being gas, like, it's like gas, yeah. it's gaslighting. Exactly. Like, the whole, it's all gaslighting, and, and just yeah. being like, you're not, And yes. that's what Franklin does to Eva throughout the whole thing, but no one likes to think that, because, um... Franklin's such a loving father and like a loving husband it's like you can be good but be bad at the same time like you can be good, exactly but, like shitty. and that's the thing it's like this this you know this movie is all, like, kind of aims to show that like it's not just good parent bad parent like it's yeah yeah it exactly. shows all the gray which I think is the gray areas crucial in movies about parenting because <laughs> so often it's just black and gray yeah well I think that's you know, to look at it big picture, that's kind of why we're attracted mm-hmm. to these movies. Like, not just this one, but yeah. these types of movies. Because it does show all the gray areas of life. Like, I, that's something I super appreciate. I do, too. Actually, know? and so... Excuse me. Should I, no, and I just keep my drink. I drink a sip of my latte. Um, <clears throat> eating carrots. <laughs> what if I was just... Eating carrots. I don't know why eating it sounded so specific to carrots. <laughs> um, but so you brought up the like the colors like red, white, and blue, and and a, like mm. talking about America, and that actually I made a ton of notes about the color red in this movie, um, which I think is I mean oh, obviously yeah. red blood like okay obviously danger or danger, but then also red becomes this color of freedom I think because. Like, red, the color red in this movie to me always seemed to, like, indicate a trigger. Like, we are going back in time. Like, it's, this is, this color, this moment is a trigger into, like, the past. And so, that's a stout, and, like, I say freedom because the tomato festival opening, where she, again, they've talked about it when she's at that tomato festival. It's all this red, and it's just, like, this sea of tomato guts but it's freedom for her. This is where she is kind of free and doing what she wants on her own. And then it, and then it goes back. And then it, like, as she flashes back to, or flashes into the, into her present, there's blood all over her house. Well, not blood. There's red paint all over her house, splashed onto her house by people who know that she is the mother of a mass murderer. And so there's this tension between the color red that I think is really fascinating motif throughout the movie. I mean, even when she's in the supermarket and stands in front of a wall of tomato soup 
and it's just always coming up in that yeah. way of i don't know i just couldn't stop thinking about the color yes it's a beautiful shot. shot um apparently it's a inside joke too the tomatoes the tomato soup like, uh, oh really yeah <laughs> but yeah i just the color red kept standing out and but that now that it, even more and talking about red white and blue and then the color blue is the color of the paint they use a lot for kevin's room and it is really i just didn't think about like the patri- like how they're patriotic and didn't think about those colors that's so cool like everything Lim Ramsey does in this movie is so purposeful. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. I I really love the colors in this movie. The use of color is so great. Um and I do really love um to think about like, you know, liberalism mm-hmm. versus conservatism in this movie because it's not like liberal as in like me or you yeah. or sort yeah, of yeah. leftist, you know. Um it's more like the liberal who thinks they're above certain issues um that things don't affect them they're sort of upper middle class they pretend you know, to be um, woke and wear the pussy hats and have like black lives matter signs out of their front yard but don't yeah. actually think about like the actual issues going on yeah wouldn't be caught at like some like a protest She's... or they throw money at an issue or something yeah, like she's that, traveled like to africa I mean. so she knows everything about struggles you know i th- that's the vibe i get from her like i've traveled the world i've seen struggle i know what it's yeah. like but then she comes back home to her giant house yeah and and you know what um when i was like looking up stuff about this movie i also saw that um tilda swinton got like I was looking up something about Tilda Swinton for some reason and I saw that she was like cast in some movie like about like something yes yeah, so she was something. um she played she and Dr. Strange she played um a, a uh, an Asian monk character who should she shouldn't have played it's a character she a white woman playing well, oh, assuming this is what you're talking about I think it, I, it has to be it, well i i've never seen that so i didn't mm-hmm. know what it was but apparently like she she is a well-meaning i assume <laughs> liberal um <laughs> uh so she couldn't understand why people were mad that she got like cast as this character so she reached out to margaret cho about this and was like could you like kind of tell me like why like Asians are angry about this like you know and Margaret Cho is like I don't <laughs> fucking know you I've never talked to you like in I'm my so life. I was like oh god what <laughs> yeah so it's kind of exactly like her wow. character almost is like you're well-meaning but you're you are out of touch and because you're you are so well-meaning you're almost problematic <laughs> Like that, that is problematic. Random like just reaching out to Asian a random person. Asian. I fu- like, I don't fucking know you. Why are you getting in touch with me? Like, why are you reaching out to me to teach you about? Yeah. Like, how the fuck do I know about like what? Yeah, exactly. Like, why would I know why Tibetan people or whatever are like? Yeah. Well, and it's like, like, you know what This I mean? reminds me of a conversation when fucking Scarlett Johansson was cast as Kusanagi, Major Kusanagi in Ghost in the Shell. And everyone's like, ah, she's white. She shouldn't be playing this character. And she shouldn't because Ghost in the Shell is an inherently, like, Japanese movie about Japanese identity and, like, 
technology, whatever. It's just like, it's these things that I don't under, and like, she didn't seem to understand it either. Like white actors not understanding why playing non-white characters is a bad thing. And it's just like, I don't understand the disconnect. (laughs) And, but. Yeah, I do understand to an extent. I feel like there's going to be more movies like better examples of this where we can talk about yeah depth, but like i understand but at the same time it's like just i don't know maybe accept what people are saying to you (laughs) (laughs) but tangent but in any event um i i just i loved that uh i mean i hate that she did that but it was so similar to yeah in this movie which is which i do Um, i do love in a fucked up way like uh uh-huh uh-huh. I just love the indictment almost that of like um that this movie indicts America mm-hmm. on both sides. Um and kind of is like, "Hey, like you reading this, you might think that you're above these issues and you might think you know what's best, but if you are an American, you know, you probably don't know for sure." Um and you're not above anything. You're part of this. Yeah. You're part of the problem. Even if you're not part of the problem. Yeah. You are. Yeah. You know, you don't mean well, to and be. That's, like, and that thing makes me think about how, like, people always say, oh, my child would never do something like that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when I do hear about, like, school shootings or violence, yeah. it's like, my child would never do that. And, like, you don't think that your child is capable of that. But, like maybe you don't know your kid as well as you think you do. Or like, maybe you're not as good of a parent as you think you are. And like, you know, this also goes to, goes to like to illustrate that no matter how privileged a upbringing looks, you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. You don't know like the kind of love or not love or whatever is going into that child. And it is kind of like, kind of poking like not poking but like showing those people like it doesn't matter how you how you think you're raising your children like it i don't know yeah i mean i think if you're a parent you almost definitely don't know your kid no that's another reason why i don't want kids i'm like i know the shit i did as a child and like i don't want it i don't i just don't i don't i don't want to be responsible for that (laughs) you know what i mean I, i don't know it sounds so silly but i'm just like nah yeah i don't i don't want to deal with that Mm-mm. Plus, like, also, like, I like. Well, yeah, that also on top of that. <laughs> but that also, okay. So the me ta- then talking about like, you never really know your kids and like this whole perspective of like, well, I'm a better, I'm a good parent. Like, I, this wouldn't happen. This also makes me think about how much she is blamed for the sins of her child and how everyone like she there's paint thrown at her like how she's she is completely to blame for this whole thing like she gets slapped in front of her work she gets yelled at she She gets gets fucking fucking rocked rocked by this older woman it's it's almost amazing i always laugh at that that because she just fucking decks her and like her house gets covered in red paint her neighbors treat her like she's some kind of like monster she is she is treated like a monster because of the actions of her son. And so I wanted to talk about that and how she is completely blamed and treated like, like a pariah, like a pariah basically because of her son's actions. Yeah. And, and you know what like really Mm. gets me as the viewer is that it's not her fault. Like, yes, she is cruel to him and um, very harsh at times, but 
at the end of the day, um, it's it really comes down to the sins of the father, like literally. Mm. Like she tried so hard to take care of this before um, a tragedy happened. Like she could tell that Kevin was on the wrong path and like, you know, had really sadistic yeah. interests. Like for instance, how he collects computer oh. viruses. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, which I don't know. I don't do that. I don't know anyone who does that. Maybe it's not necessarily sadistic, but he likes that it can just, you know, yeah, fuck someone's life up, you know, and it does. It fucks her life up. Yeah, I, I think that, again, coming back to how I fucking hate Franklin, and I'm sorry, like, I just fucking do. Um, and it's not necessarily because he's <laughs> Republican either, but that does not help his case. Uh it's because he dismisses her every step of the way. And then at the end of the day, who has to live with it? Her. Because, I mean, spoiler alert, the reason she's writing to him is because Kevin has murdered him. And that's why they're separated. It's not because they got a divorce. It's because he's fucking dead. Um, <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah, he's dead. That's the permanent separation there. And, um, you know, she has to pick up the pieces and she's the one who's blamed and i think even if he was alive people always say that it's the mother's fault it is so fucking frustrating with that it's just like this this yeah. it, well people, hate, people women, hate women and it's just like parenting is two people and it just it should be two people should be, and anyway. it should be two people who in, yeah in in, a in this representation in lynn ramsey's representation of family in this movie it is you would think it would be a partnership but obviously like you said it would since he's so nice and he would probably he would my prediction is if he had lived he would have thrown her under the fucking bus (laughs) like he would have been like she hated absolutely like what did you do what did you do to make him this way like this is all your fault blah 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 like this is because you didn't Well, and it's want just him. like the mother yeah. is the scapegoat. The mother is always the scapegoat. And it's just like, it's f- fucking women can't win ever. Like if something, if one wrong thing, it's like one thing is wrong with the kid. It's the mom's fault. <laughs> like always the mom's fault. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, you didn't like, you weren't there enough for them when they were a kid, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, what? Why? Why is it always the mother? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yes. So for me to get a little personal, why I kind of like uh, started mm-hmm. to backtrack a little bit when I said it should be two people is um, I was basically raised by a single mother um, because my father and I'm very open about it. Like my father's an alcoholic um, and he was technically there like he was present. He, present is a strong word he was in the same house but um he was a, yeah. a useless parent like um my elementary school was sh- like straight down the mm-hmm. road from my house and um i was a latchkey kid because my mother worked yeah so fucking much because uh, my dad was you know not helpful and didn't hold up his end of uh their Mm -hmm. bargain or whatever you know um and he would be so fucking drunk like every day that like 
my mom uh, couldn't trust him to come get us from this the school down the street. Like she would have to have either someone come uh, get us, like my aunt or something, or like my mom would have to leave work early, or my mom, and this happened more often than not, would have to pay way extra because she was so late. Yeah. Like, you know, so like um, growing up, my siblings and I all had issues like um you know some of them are drug addicts or were drug addicts um I had very bad Mm -hmm. anger issues which you know I've mostly (laughs) gotten past but I think that naturally a lot of people are like well you know what what did your mom do that made you like this it's like uh (laughs) buddy that was all my dad yep like, my mom has issues and, you know, has her faults or whatever, but I don't see why. And I even struggle with it myself because, you know, yeah, whatever. You know, it's like a struggle in my own brain where it's like, why wasn't I yeah. protected or whatever, you know? But then I always have to come back to my mom tried her best uh, and did what she thought yeah. was right. And I think similarly, like in this, like I think Eva did try her best for not wanting a kid, you know, and and having such a piece of shit kid. Um, Was she harsh and cruel at times? Yeah, she was. And maybe she shouldn't have said those things. But at the end of the day, like I think she tried her best um, to be a mother. She tried to be as close as Kevin would allow, you know. Well, like think about it. She could have left. Parents do that a lot. Like... (laughs) they leave when they don't want to deal with it anymore and she did stay and she tried and i don't know i just i think about that i thought about that a little bit about like you know if she really didn't give a fuck she could have up and left him with the dad yeah or if she didn't really give a fuck she could have just not tried to put yeah exactly you know she would have been like well he'll grow out of it like she wouldn't spend so much energy thinking about it yes Yes, she spends so much energy, like, trying to help with Kevin and help Kevin himself. Um, And, you know, whether it comes from, like, a selfish place or not, like, uh, like she feels like she has to do it or not, she still did it, you know? And this whole fucking movie, Franklin doesn't. He doesn't try. He does the bare minimum. And I think that you could easily look at this movie and say she does the bare minimum, like, because she is so unlikable and, like, often cruel but i think really when you look deeply at it he came home played with his kid for an hour and then like fucked off yeah like you know what i mean like i i picked him up for two seconds like i picked him up for two seconds and then was like bye yeah he went to work he provided housing and food but like at the end of the day who was more of the parent it was eva yeah i think that you know, people watching this movie probably judge her pretty harshly. I th- I don't think, I think that the movie tries to make you see from her perspective. Yeah. Um, and you almost, you almost totally get there. But yeah, it, I fucking, I can't stand Franklin. Uh, and I don't like characters like that. Whether I'm supposed to hate him or not, I think that he was more at fault here. Mm. Because he chose to ignore the issue. And he chose to ignore eva yeah he didn't want to hear it wow and now your kid just killed a bunch of people 
I think he would have killed a bunch of people either way because I think that's what he wanted to do. But what if Franklin had listened and he got into therapy and got help before that happened, before that impulse came up? You know, because it's not like Eva waited until he was a teenager. Eva asked when he was, like, she asked repeatedly throughout the whole thing and tries to get him help when he's, like, a little kid, you know? Yeah. This is making me just think even more about my mom um just because like she did she's done all this stuff for my brother and like she had she didn't have to do any of this and she was like always the bad she continues to always be the bad guy and it's just like sucks because yeah, yeah and like you and know so my does mom, mom does you know she's not perfect but she also gives a shit and like my mom giving mm-hmm. a shit might not look the same way as like the stereotypical mom giving a shit of like cookies and hugs and happiness and flowers but she still yes. gives like really, really gives a shit. And like she couldn't she could have just like not taken care of my brother. Like it's not her like technically her child is he's technically not her child, but she treats him like her child and like got him in therapy and like made sure he got the best care he could in school and made sure he got medication. I don't know. Like it's just but she was always the bad guy. And that always makes me sad because she didn't have to give as much of a shit as she did. And she's still always seen as the mean one which only makes only makes resentment worse and it only gets worse as you grow up it doesn't go away so and it's probably because she was the yeah she she gave up her job to be a stay-at-home mom when she got pregnant with my half-brother and so she was home all the time and my stepdad worked ridiculous hours and would come home at like seven and then he would read us bedtime story and then he would you know like that'd be it and then on the weekends, my the weekends my mom would be was a manager at a restaurant, and my stepdad would just like let us do whatever we wanted. It's like lat like not latchkey kid, but like latchkey yeah. kid like parallel, so adjacent. So yeah, this movie like feels more like it sounds bad that it feels very relevant to like things I've experienced in my life, but it's like it it hits a very crucial thing about moms, and. Not even just moms, like parents. I mean, I don't think it... Parents and the roles they take, and it's much more complicated than you think. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think it sounds bad that it relates to your life, because I don't... I think that even though there's a horrible tragedy in this book, I don't think that's the main focus of it at all. I think the main focus is Eva and her experience with motherhood and um, her own trauma that her son inflicts upon her. You know, and I don't think that many people think about that, but children can absolutely inflict trauma upon their parents, and they probably yeah, do it. I feel all like the having time. a child is inherently traumatic. <laughs> like I'm just yeah, because your whole life, as you know it, diff- is well, like, different. Giving birth, like, giving birth is a traumatic experience, just in it, in and of itself. And absolutely, hats hats, hats off. off. to all all of y'all who are having children and literally have being pregnant like jesus christ um yeah yeah and i do want to say like i don't think either of us i I don't want to speak for you but i'm gonna go ahead and speak for you because i don't think either one of us looks down on parents no i think that's a really difficult job i don't want it for myself i mean Um, but if that's what you choose to do if that's what you want to do if that's like your life goal or even if it's just part of your life goals um good for you i 
commend you. Seriously, exactly. I like, I definitely respect parents a ton. As long as you're, like, <laughs> As long as you're, like, not a dick a about parent. being a parent. Um, but, yeah, like, I, it is an amazingly difficult yeah. job that I don't want. And I look up to anyone who wants that and can do it. Um, I just don't. No, thank you. <laughs> I just think of, the yeah. like, the childhood I had. And I just am like, I don't think I'd give that to a kid, but I don't want to. I don't want to inflict trauma on another person. <laughs> That's always my yeah, concern. But this also makes me think that you know the relationship between Eva and Kevin. We talked about it being codependent. It is kind of like a Ouroboros, like the snake eating its tail. I feel like a vicious cycle where no one can win. Like he does something fucked up and she's trying to fix it and it doesn't really fix it. And he has another awful thing. And it just like keeps, it's like a snowball going downhill. There's like nothing stopping it. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And like, no matter what they try to do, it's just like building and building up. And it is, it was interesting. Cause like a lot of us in this movie, I was like, wow, she really like treated her kid like shit. Like she passed on this, like, anger to him but then now as we're talking about it now that i'm really thinking about it it the dad definitely egged it on 120 percent. and also like how do you stop it if you don't have the support of your partner who is like who is acting as if they are a supportive partner like how do you then stop yeah 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 it's like again you can blame her for being harsh but at the end of the day, it's his ignorance, like literal, ig- literally ignoring mm-hmm. it, that kind of, I guess, like fosters yeah. this idea in Kevin's brain and like almost um, gives gives way yeah. for it. Yeah. And like, also like, okay, you know? this also makes me think she was reading him Robin Hood, but then he buys the bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he tries to one up because mm-hmm. I, I know I made it. I mean, like, a you know a comment about about that before but now that i'm thinking about it, it's like they had this moment where she is reading robin hood and he loves it and so the dad almost wants to one-up that situation and like make him look better by buying yeah buying him the actual bow and arrow that. and then he, he that's his weapon of choice is the goddamn bow and arrow and i didn't even think about that until you just said it but he does yes. that throughout the whole book it's like he's always he's yes, always the always good the cop. good cop he's like oh it's fine kevin like whatever kevin it's fine kevin or like get some things He's a girl. Yeah, He's exactly. A like, it's fine that you loudly masturbate around your mom. <laughs> like you're just hormonal. <laughs> like, yeah. I know it's, plenty it's of fine people that who are hormonal doesn't... and never ever did that, or at least didn't admit to doing it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think. No, and he does. He does like Kevin does <laughs> other shit the whole time. Like, like for instance, he does refuse to use the toilet. Like he never. He doesn't toilet drain until well after like he's like gotta be well and he also knows how to do old. it he's just fucking with them well i don't think that franklin think i don't think oh 100 percent oh 100 percent until he finally and he's like how did what did you it. do <laughs> like, i oh, literally threw literally a kid against a wall <laughs> but isn't that fascinating yeah. how well um, and like which is terrible she gains his respect by breaking his arm and in that flashback is predicated mm-hmm. by Ezra Miller as a, as like older Kevin saying that was the most honest you've ever been. Fuck. Fuck. Yeah. Franklin's always good cop. 
And like that and was the one really moment where irritating. she actually like let her rage be shown. And I think that's that's part of this is that like she's not allowed to be angry at her child. Like her anger is always like you're being a bitch. No. And it's like, no, like you can be angry at your kid. Like as long I mean, like you shouldn't throw your kid. Do not throw your kid. Do not harm your children. But it's like almost like showing how her inability to voice her frustrations and being heard like unleashes in this act of violence. And, you know, it's like, what did you do to him? It's like, well, what did you do to her at the same time? That sounds like I'm apologizing for her being a child abuser, um, which is not what I'm trying to get at. No, I mean, she didn't yeah. do it on purpose. It was an accident. She was she like shook him and he yeah. fell again. Vi- like it was no what, what happened was bad it was a bad all around it wasn't necessarily a it's hard to explain it's hard to explain. it's like not a like purposeful thing but she gets very angry and lets out that anger in a very inappropriate way um which is i think it's a building up of not being hurt or understood about her child and also her child being a sadistic little shit and yeah Whew. There, it's there's so much um to talk about and it's a hard. Yeah. It's there. The whole movie. Yeah, is exactly. Like areas. Like, you don't like anybody, the but thing. that's the point. It's like the thing is, you don't like anybody, but that's the point. It's not one of those movies where like everyone fucking sucks. I hate this, but it's like a very fascinating character study about mostly about Ava because it's from her perspective. But it's like a very interesting character study about a woman and the honesty about being a mother and go a mother whose child has committed an atrocity and like her reflecting on what she could have done differently and also realizing that it's like much more complex than we could ever imagine with this kind of situation. So, and despite the fact that, you know, there's no likable character in this movie. Um, I think that it still does a good job of making a sympathetic one because at the end of the day, she did her whole family um, in one way or another. Um, she has no friends. She, by the end, doesn't even have a job because she gets like sexually harassed. Um, gets fucking threatened. Fucking loser. It's like no one's ever gonna fuck you because if they know who you are, it's like Jesus Christ. Um, and she like can't travel or anything because she has clearly lost like mm-hmm. all her money, probably like mm-hmm. through lawsuits and stuff. Yeah. You know. Um. So she's reduced to like nothing instead of living her dream and like pursuing things that she loves to do, like traveling and writing about it. She has to just like work Mm -hmm. at this travel agency now. But at the end, she like I said, she doesn't even do that. And you do get a better like um, understanding of Eva and what Kevin put her through and what Mm -hmm. Franklin put her through. Um. Because it's not like she is ice cold, you know, to everybody all the time. She is very loving, especially towards Celia and, like, after Celia comes along. Because that was her choice. Like, she chose, she wanted to have Celia. When she was given the option of choice, you know, she didn't have the same resentments that she seemed to have for Kevin and for Franklin when she was yeah. losing Kevin. It like the movie does a good job of showing that Eva also lost. Eva yeah. also endured a, a tragedy in just Yeah, a and this way. is Ramsey does something similar with um 
you were never really here in terms of taking a guy who is a hitman, who is, you know, a professional murderer, but making you feel like empathize with him and looking at, at violence through a very different lens, through a more empathetic lens. And she's really, really good at taking characters that don't seem lovable and making them at least empathetic and fascinating and complex. She's amazing at doing that. Real quick. I, I want to talk about this, but also, like, as I'm sitting here, I don't want to seem, like, unfair towards, you know, Franklin or fathers generally. I, I do have issues. <laughs> Same. But um, it's just frustrating, especially when you do consider, when you think about the film in terms of American optimism and conservatism and stuff, you know, it is very, like, frustrating to deal with you know, people who just don't yeah. want to fucking see the problem. They'd rather invent some sort of, like, insane... Well, I don't want to say insane. Wild conspiracy theory or whatever to uh, explain something that's more about what we're dealing with now. But in terms of, mm-hmm. like, the film, you know, it's just really frustrating to see that it's always the mother's fault and he doesn't have to deal with the consequences of his own inaction and because it is like not a real event and like a hypothetical and it's a fucking movie i think that i do get to hate him i think i get to hate one person and you would think it'd be kevin but i don't like kevin i guess i do hate him he's like like malevolent the entire time um it's not like he's like a complex character he's not he is just like i think there's more to him but we don't ever really get to see it except at the end when he finally does look a yeah. little bit scared to yeah. go to adult prison i do but you know well, what i mean and like i feel like there often is like you know american idealism and the idealized family there is often one delusional parent who is like and that's it, not always the dad but in this case it is who refuses to acknowledge the problems and it's just like we're great we're family. We're great family. Everything good. Great family. And like you want to punch that person in the face because you're like, no, this isn't healthy. And it all, and I think that comes down to like what people think is a good or happy family or a healthy family and how there is just like a complete like disregard to like what it means to actually be a happy, healthy yeah. family rather than just what it, appear, it appears like to everyone on the outside. And even like in a bigger sense it's like really frustrating to always see you know people who don't want to act about something they would rather point the finger and blame literally anyone everyone or anything else um rather than you know change policies for the better or you know whatever and i think franklin really does represent that very well especially um you know in the bush era when we are dealing with 9-11 and and um all of the shootings like the mass shootings that we're starting to see um right before uh he is i appointed i i'm still better yeah (laughs) um yeah but you know what i mean i think I think this movie does like a really great job of exploring not only parenthood, but also like American ideals and how it's actually really ugly. I think that 
for both, you know, families and America. Like you said, there's always this mm-hmm. like shiny veneer, yeah. you know, and it's like everything's great. We're the best. Not couldn't be better. We're successful, you know. And um, I don't know. I don't think that's nope. <laughs> necessarily true. I think probably for most families, that's not true. Yes. Okay. Yeah. In some way or another. Not that everybody is raising a fucking malevolent, like, <laughs> mass murderer. Yeah. But, you know, there's, like, think about it in terms of, like, an, uh, opioid addiction. That's a really great one. That's an epidemic yeah. um, in America, uh, especially right now. It's It almost seems like it's quieter now, but we're dealing with yes. fentanyl and stuff. Mm-hmm at the moment but like when heroin the heroin epidemic was like at its Mm -hmm. height you know i mean i think people started to care because it was fucking white suburban kids who were dying and not crack addicted um people in uh lower income communities and uh people of color especially black people no shade uh for the 80s i guess uh i was gonna say but yeah shade. you know what i mean people started to care but um not enough no. we start caring too late i mean that's the case in a lot you of know. these situations too like caring way too late i guess i guess we could i mean the more obvious one yeah. is gun control um people don't want to acknowledge there's a problem that is really specific to america they would rather you know make up bullshit or just ignore it or dance around it and even though i guess that's not the intent of the movie i think the movie goes out of its way to avoid Mm -hmm. the gun control issue and i don't know if that's a political statement or it's just not what the movie's about yeah i don't know i don't want to go on and on it's just yeah um, i love that about this movie that you know it just holds a mirror up to parents, to society, generally, it's something I really like about it. But that's not even the thing I wanted <laughs> to talk about. The, the thing I wanted to talk about was, um, I guess, the final moment between mm-hmm. Kevin and Eva, um, yeah. where they hug. Do do you what? How did you um, interpret that scene? Because I interpreted that hug as like a fight. They look like they're fighting each other. I had a hard time with that scene because it felt to me, it felt so forced like on purpose, like not mm. like it was purposely like this. Yeah. Not, yeah. not the forced acting or anything. It just, felt, yeah, I know what you mean. Like a like performance. Like it felt like to. they were performing because there was like no, I kept going back and forth on it. Cause I'm like, this is the first time they've shown any kind of like intimacy like and to be seen like the wrong way you know like any kind of like intimate like moment connection like touch talking like anything like that before and but it felt so stiff and I couldn't parse out if it was just because they were just the whole situation is uncomfortable and it's fucked up or if it was just like this attempt to appear because he's about to go to like adult prison like appear like he has learned something I don't know. Maybe. And maybe that's why he like offers Celia's eye to his mother, you know? The fuck? But I 
I interpreted it. I know. I interpreted it as he was trying to make amends, and then they their hug almost looked like a fight or a struggle because mm. they're so not used to intimacy with each other that way. Because she is very intimate with yeah. Franklin throughout the movie. Like, they have a very loving relationship despite their differences. Yeah. You know? But with Kevin, it's like, you know, there's no connection, really, or affection, it's I guess is the better so word. It's so weird, because it feels like they're so similar that they can't comprehend it. Like, they can't... They're so similar to yes. one... They're so I similar yes. and see so much of each other in the other that they hate each other, almost. And, like, mm-hmm. them hugging yeah. is this weird admittance of like an acceptance of that that i think neither of them are particularly ready for but they're getting closer to recognizing if and so like and so it's like you know she's walking out looking sad and and not just because of the anniversary of the deaths but also like is this what it took for her and her son to finally like acknowledge their similarities and their connection and like who they are like (laughs) like and it took two years of him also being in prison for them to finally get there. Yeah. And it's like that mourning of what could have been or, you know, mourning that this is their life. And that hug, I guess, now that I'm thinking about it, was like a reluctant kind of acknowledgement of what they've always avoided. Yeah. Or like acceptance. Like she's finally accepting that this is yeah. her life now. Regardless of whether she wanted it like or Like this not. is what she has to do. Yeah, she chose to bring Kevin into the world. Yeah. You know, despite not wanting to, she did eventually choose to do that, you know, and she has to live with that for better or worse, I guess. This movie really does remind me of like um, Rosemary's Baby in a way. And I think I think there is like a moment of um, acknowledging that in the movie, like when she is pushing baby Kevin in a stroller the stroller looks like the one it's not a stroller it's more like you know like a one of those like, like yeah like you know what yeah, I mean? yeah Rosemary's baby um it looks exactly like it and I I think that that's something interesting mm. to think about where it's like um Rosemary is the opposite of Eva she's like really loving and caring and to everybody even if they don't deserve it. Like, Guy definitely does not fucking deserve um, all her affection mm-hmm. that she gives him. Um, because he's just... No. <laughs> <laughs> but in, um, uh, at the end of the movie, just like um, Eva, Rosemary has a choice. Does she accept this literal monster that she brought into the world and love him unconditionally because that's her child? Or does she reject him? And I think both mothers at the end, they choose to accept their monster child and love them unconditionally and accept their role as mother of the monster. Fuck. Dude, I just came up with smart. You're Thank welcome. you so much. Can you just say that again yeah. so I can record um, it separately and um, send it Dax, to my mom? you are so smart. <laughs> now isolate that audio clip and play it. So that is your ringtone. So your daily affirmation. <laughs> no, but that, I feel like that is... Um, 
No, that is really fascinating. And like, this is so like, talking going back to talking about her haircuts like she had a very similar haircut like i know that seems very surface yeah. level but there is like kind of that no, interesting parallel there all. of her feeling trapped and needing to it's like this is almost like if rosemary's baby kept this is like the sequel to rosemary's baby about like what happened after she gave the baby and she was raising satan yeah <laughs> it yeah. could be though like i kind do of, see that yeah. i do see that it's a really really interesting comparison i think that's really cool this is off not off topic <laughs> but um we don't have to include it but did you ever see karen kusama's like um what is it called it's from it's a line from rosemary it's like uh his only no. living son did you ever see that it's like a short film it's a short film i think it was for women in horror month i want to say um remember they used to like i think it was the oh 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 she she did it in the um do that the is xx i did see that i did see that i love yeah that's kind of exactly it is exactly what this is you want to know my toxic trait i think it's that rosemary's baby is my favorite (gasps) horror movie of all time i really like i've come to accept it like i'm always want to watch it like every day i have to Mm. force myself that and like hereditary Mm. i have to literally force myself not to watch both of them like all the time because i don't want to like get bored of them but yeah i think i finally come to accept that it's like that one hereditary scream they're all right there with each other i know i love watching hereditary i'm like am i okay answer is no but it's fine Ah, uh, I just love it so much. That's another one where it's very similar, actually, because she's kind of evil towards Peter, and she didn't want Peter. And then Peter literally becomes the monster. He yeah, becomes he becomes and be- Yeah. Oh my God. Oh. So, Dax, would you recommend we need to talk about Kevin to anyone? I would. I would. I think it's a very accessible movie. Like, um, there is a little bit of gore um but not a ton of it um i mm-hmm. think it's more psychological and so i think it's really accessible i would say if you like movies you should probably I agree. just watch it like upon this rewatch i've seen it oh, like many times but um when i was rewatching it this time it kind of almost felt like a bunch of vignettes stringed together and i wrote the same thing together. i wrote this feels like a like vignettes almost like an anthology movie to illustrate yeah yeah Yeah, like a bunch of scenes it's strung together um in a way where you could see it both ways i think you could see it as more narrative or i think you could see it as more vignettes depending on how you're interpreting it yourself or your Mm -hmm. mood or whatever um but yeah i fucking love this movie i think it's really really visually like yeah stunning to me in like a very understated way it's like muted colors and stuff um except for like the reds they really pop and the blue um that pops too um but yeah and the acting oh jesus touching the acting like dude and john i think that everybody always talks about tilda and ezra i know yeah so i can just call them that um but i think uh someone to really like pay attention to in this movie yes. is john c Riley. he's because he's such a perfect choice for that because you love john yes. c Riley. like 
he's so funny in 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 life and most of his roles and stuff and he's pretty funny in this too like i mean not funny i guess he's just like exactly he like is like that effervescent guy that you want to like hang out with and go get a beer and like giggle about things like he's just like the fun guy he's like the cool dad that'll like give you a sip of beer when your mom's not looking (laughs) yeah he's like yeah the fun the fun dad he's like i used to listen to led zeppelin i smoked kids i smoked pot with it (laughs) I'm cool. Yeah, which he pretty much does do. I th- I'm pretty sure in the movie he like um, is wearing like a Led Zeppelin shirt on one of their dates, and then you see it when it yeah. comes to her now, she's like wearing his mm-hmm. oversized Led Zeppelin mm-hmm. shirt. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and he, that's I think he's such a perfect casting choice for this movie because um, you want to yeah. love him and like him, but he does such frustrating shit. So it kind of highlights yeah. that whole thing in the movie. But yeah, anyway, yes, I would recommend it to literally everyone. Cool. I won't shut up about it. I would too. You? I think, so I, for one, am very angry that this was not nominated for Academy Awards. I know the Academy is fake and is bullshit, but this movie is just so good. And I know it's fucked up but a lot of fucked up movies get nominated for academy awards like let's be real like academy awards are sad yeah a lot of them a lot of those movies are just sad and this movie from its editing to its styling to its directing to its writing to its acting all create this like really impactful thing about parenting and about the reality of parenting and tragedy and i think it is a difficult watch but i also think it's it is a disturbing film but i think it's a disturbing kind of film that like you said is more accessible because it implies violence but doesn't show it um the subject matter is very hard for parents but again this is a movie that feels like it can be enjoyed uh, enjoyed viewed by lots of people without totally making them feel like i just watched the most fucked up movie of all time um lynn ramsey is really good at taking those that subject matter and like you know being very honest but making it accessible at the same time which is really which is i think is an amazing feat for movies like this and you were never really here and rat catcher and morven caller um so i would recommend this 100 percent. i mean if you're a parent again like tread with caution I, i'm not sure how you react to movies about your about kids yeah. but you know I think Hereditary is actually probably a more difficult uh, watch as a parent. So yeah. if you could do oh. that, I feel like you could deal with this. I think it's on. It's purposely quieter in this. Like it's more yeah. S- yeah, yeah, yeah. stuffy because she is very stuffy. Yeah. You know? Stuffy is not the right word. More like... Very um, serious. Very like... She's rigid. Rigid um what do you call it we write words a lot do i funny (laughs) i do yeah just uh detach yes that's a good that's a good one there it is i think detach is a good way to put it she's more detached she's a little bit more internal i think she's just more like restrained and now i'm looking at all of the things that this movie was nominated for and it really frustrates me that like i'm really glad that with like the golden globes that tilda swinton was nominated but it really goes to show you 
how wild it is that like Lynn Ramsey wasn't nominated for like best director and like bigger. I mean, like she was nominated a can and a couple other like smaller film festivals. But the fact that this movie didn't get more like awards reception is just like really tells you about how we look at not just women directors, but women directors who are trying to tell like very honest stories about being a woman yeah. <laughs> and like I yeah well that's what I was going to say that would if if they were going to consider it that would require them to watch the movie and acknowledge its uh, yes. statements you know and consider the message and, and that's the same but that was the same case with you were never really here like it was one of the most outstanding movies of 2017 but it wasn't nominated for like any of the big award shows like the oscars golden globes whatever it it was nominated for like independent spirit awards and a bafta award but like yeah. again i know that awards are bullshit but it just like you know people put so much weight behind them and when movies like this are kind of overlooked, overlooked. especially when they're directed by women who have a very very clear perspective it's just like what the fuck to me it just is it's mind-blowing yeah, Michael Haneke has gotten nominated for multiple Academy Awards. Like, The White Ribbon got nominated for stuff, and so did Amour, which is sad as shit. Like, I don't know. I just feel like I'm comparing it to Michael Haneke, obviously, because, like, we just, talk, we just talked about him. But, like, you know, two of his movies got – oh, like, who is – he is arguably more fucked up of yeah. a director. His movies have gotten attention from – like way more award shows and i don't know i just think it's well he also more reflects like a similar look and um similar yeah thinking, he definitely for um because he is yeah, like an elderly white man. it's just fresh it's just so fucking frustrating like lynn ramsey is so talented and this is me going on a rant about women directors anyway <laughs> It's okay, girl. It's our podcast. Rant all you fucking month. Who is who is even listening? Who's out there? Um. <laughs> anyway, so that's how that's we need to talk about Kevin. So let us know if you watch it and what you think. Yeah, I think this was one for the books. <laughs> one for the virtual books. And I, here I thought. Remember, I texted you. I was like, I don't have that much to say. You said that, and I was like, mm, I guess we'll see. <laughs> I was like, this is going <laughs> to... Yeah, the lie detector test determined that was a lie. Lies were detected. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So, everyone, thank you for listening. Next week, we'll be talking about Faith Aiken's Golden Gloves. So, get the fuck ready for that, because that one... Whoo, boy. If you want to watch it before we talk about it, uh, it is on Shutter. So, you know, look to your research. See if you can handle it and watch along if you like. So that'll be our next episode. Um, so that's it. Please make sure to review rate and give us all that good stuff on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We have, we are five out of five with seven reviews and we want to stay five out of five with more than seven reviews. <laughs> yeah. With more so, than seven. <laughs> please keep supporting us. You guys are amazing. Um, so talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.